Hello, and welcome to Structured Finance and Focus, a Fitch Ratings podcast that takes an in-depth look at the latest developments across the globe in ABS, CMBS, RMBS, CLOs, and more. My name is Dan Chambers, and I'm a managing director in the Global Cross-Sector Group, where I'm responsible for our digital infrastructure ratings. Today, I wanted to spotlight the work we've done in the fiber space, in particular, fiber to the home securitizations. Since 2021, we've seen tremendous growth and robust issuance. 15 master trusts have placed approximately $20 billion of APS. Today, I'm joined with Rob Buckley and Everett Brewer, the Fitch analyst responsible for Fitch's ratings in the sectors. So let's get started. So Rob, we've seen issuers from the leveraged finance market take advantage of securitization. As issuers contemplate securitization, what makes ABS an attractive product for fiber network operators? Yeah, so in a word, I would say execution. Uh, and by that, I mean lower cost of funds and higher leverage, all else equal relative to unsecured lending in the high yield market. The other thing that I think is valuable is a securitization uh, for some of these fiber network operators is that it provides an alternative source of capital, which gives these borrowers flexibility in the, the event that there are dislocations in the high yield market. And, and Rob, what are the primary rating considerations that investors and issuers think about when they're considering structured finance transactions? Yeah, so in the context of structured finance in general, and Ivor ABS is no different, I think our typical focus is on the underlying assets and the ability of those assets to generate cash flow and repay the associated liabilities. Um, in connection with that, I think the sponsor servicer is a little bit less of a focus, but we do, do go through an analysis uh, where we ensure that uh, there's either limited operational risk or operational risk is mitigated. Uh, the one add-on I'd say for fiber ABS relative to traditional ABS is we also think about uh, the useful life of the assets right here, given potential for technological obsolescence. Uh, would be one other thing we think about in our analysis. Okay. Everett, fiber to the home is, is primarily a retail product. How does Fish get comfortable with the cash flow durability considerations with retail customers, you know, smaller markets and MSAs, propensity to churn, you know, relative to counterparties that we see in other sectors such as biz towers. Yeah, I think that's an important point to consider, Dan. Uh, contracts backing a fiber to the home transaction will be month to month and therefore expose you to both higher price and volume risk relative to wireless tower transactions backed by long-term contracts with investment grade counterparties. The types of fiber to the home transactions that Fitch reviews, uh, typically issuers are competing with Doxis technology where fiber is more competitive in terms of price per speed offered and outclasses Doxis technology in terms of performance. Uh, in terms of competition from a potential fiber overbuilder, uh, Fitch will typically like to see market penetration around 30%, all else being equal as a reflection of a mature or stabilized market. The thinking being that once a market reaches this level of penetration, the implied uh, rate of return of a potential overbuilder diminishes such that targeting a, another greenfield opportunity without an existing fiber provider becomes far more attractive due to the high initial cost of capital to build out a network and the disadvantages of not being the first mover within that market. However, unlikely, we do consider this low probability, high severity event in our analysis where an aggressive fiber overbuilder enters the securitized market and the potential impact on transaction performance. So a part of this payback period analysis, we would increase our cash flow stresses to reflect declining market penetration and downward pressure on our poos. And then 
notes would have to repay under such scenarios to achieve investment grade ratings. Okay. So when we're thinking about or evaluating a securitization, you know, I think issuers are looking, you know, in some cases to maximize leverage. What are the primary considerations when we're thinking about leverage and, and, and cash flow durability and which issuers have achieved the highest advance rates and how would you describe the attributes for that? Rob, can you answer that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I can jump in. So I think in terms of how we think about this methodologically under our digital infrastructure securitization rating criteria, we uh, take a look at what we call credit risk factors, which are exactly what they sound like, right? They're any asset or liability level attribute that it can improve or impair um, the cash flow of the assets, right? So in terms of, uh, or in the context of a fiber market, that would uh, those considerations would be size of the market, penetration within a market, quality of the operator, quality of the underlying network, uh, concentrations across markets or business segments, um, and relative contribution of cash flow from various business subsegments, including internet, uh, phone, and video. Um, in terms of transactions that have achieved the highest advance rates, I think we've seen you know, very high quality networks. Uh, long-term contracts to credit-worthy counterparties, be, whether they be investment-grade or not, um, and diversity across you know markets and customer bases. Okay, and so you know we we primarily think of leverage in terms of multiples, but you know it can also be constrained by cash flow haircuts. So when we normalize issuers' historical operating performance, Everett, maybe you can talk about the type of adjustments we make and and the reasons. Yeah, we'll adjust the transaction cash flow to amounts that we deem sustainable over the life of the transaction or what we call our Fitch net cash flow. So at a high level, starting with our revenue adjustments, we utilize in-place revenue uh, absent any consideration for growth and adjust revenue on the basis of one technology type and then uh, at a high level historical churn, which reflect the contract duration and the credit risk of the counterparties. In the context of fiber to the home, we consider net churn or churn less any churn attributable to customer moving residences. Uh, the reason being is it's not unusual for a replacement resident to reconnect with the existing fiber provider. An example of technology type revenue adjustments include reducing revenue streams from fiber-based residential phone, as well as broadband internet from copper wireline. We reduce both of these by 50%. Further, in terms of the transactions management fee, we adjust based on historical operating expenses required to maintain current operations for the collateral. And to determine this, we consider historical operating performance uh, input from the backup manager, as well as input from the issuer where appropriate. Finally, uh, maintenance capex in the context of fiber to the home, uh, Fitch will consider historical churn and the capital required to replace a churn customer. So what this means, uh, we consider uh, the replacement of home equipment, labor, and the cost of connecting a fiber line to a customer's home uh, from the fiber operator's network. Okay, so Rob, I know um, this is a question that you've got from investors a lot, but we feel, we feel calls all the time on how our ratings methodology might apply to other types of technology or broadband applications. Can you talk a little bit about the attributes of the te technology in that space? You know, the cash flow durability implications and the pros and cons from a securization perspective? Yeah, for sure. So in the context of the technology types in the space, fiber is 
is far and away the best technology we see in terms of just actually delivering service. It's purpose-built to deliver internet um, and is the fastest and most reliable technology type for delivering uh, data more broadly. Um, in the context of other technologies in the market, you tend to see a little bit of weakness in terms of reliability, speeds, particularly upload speeds, um, and issues just actually delivering the service when you step away from wireline technology and start to deal with broadcasting uh, data over spectrum. Because fiber is the strongest technology type in terms of cash flow durability um, and in terms of service quality, I think it's the most suited for securitization. If you look at our criteria, we explicitly lay out appendices for, for fiber in terms of where our leverage is. To the extent you step towards a weaker technology, I think you are likely to see corresponding adjustments either on um, from our cash flow haircuts or in our assessment of maximum potential leverage on those technology types based on uh, weakness of the underlying technology type. In some cases, such as in the case of like a fixed wireless access network, we expect those technology types to you know persist in sort of the medium term and possibly the long term because they complement fiber, given they're typically used. Uh, in places where fiber is uneconomic um, to build. But um, for some of the other technology types, such as DSL, which we're expecting to sunset in the short term, or HFC, which we're expecting to sunset in the shorter or in the shorter medium term, um, I think there'd be corresponding adjustments to cash flow and leverage based on the useful life of those assets, right? So unclear exactly what that is, but in the context of something like HFC, where we expecting it to continue to exist for you know, maybe the next 10 to 20 years uh, where we have a legal final maturity date for our liabilities of 30 years, we're likely to only give you know, half credit to that. Um, and I think you see that in valuations of those assets as well. Okay. So maybe you could give us some final thoughts. The outlook for maybe other types of um, products isn't that strong. Maybe you could give us a little color on what you, your view of the outlook is for the, the fiber market and how we see that considering over the next several years. Yes, yeah, so I think the outlook for fiber is, is strong, remains strong, largely given consumer demand for data is very strong. Um, in terms of you know actual fiber deployments, about 50% of the total addressable market has currently been served by fiber. So I think over the next four or five years, you're going to see a continued rollout of fiber technology where it makes sense from an economic perspective to deploy it. Um, and in association with that, you're going to see a required uh, high CapEx spend for some of the actual builders that are going out and constructing these networks. Over time, I think you'll start to see a consolidation as uh, it becomes or starts to make more sense to buy existing networks as opposed to try and deploy new fiber in an, in a market where there are already multiple competitors. Uh, but I think we're probably four or five years away from that. Thank you both for your insights and thank you all for listening. For more information on digital infrastructure, please visit FitchRatings.com.